When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Good to be here. Glad to see you. How's the wife? How's the kids? Oh, sounds great. Hey, thanks for coming out. Would really appreciate your support in this podcast. Thanks so Uh, much. Andy, I want you and the Bunk Funkers to close your eyes. Okay. Close your eyes. And I want you to... Okay, open your eyes back up. I, I already have... I've led you astray already. First, first lesson. <laughs> don't close your eyes when some random person tells you to close your eyes. Oh, okay. okay. Here's your first lesson. Look at the back of your hands. Take a okay. good hard look at the back of those hands. Bunk Funkers, okay. Andy, take a hard look at them. I'm, it's true. I'm looking. You do need to go in for a, a manicure. It's true. But don't worry about yeah. that right now. Take a look at all those hands, all those phalanges, those veins, those freckles, those cuts, those uh, weird hairs. The, uh, you know, the, uh, anything else you got going on with your fingers, your hands Mm -hmm. now close your eyes. Now close your eyes now. (laughs) Okay. And now I want you to imagine Mm -hmm. pressing play and listening to the whole enchilada on the secret given to you right here on Mr. Bunker's conspiracy time podcast. Andy, did it come true? Well, um, yeah, yeah. But I have to. I, well, yeah, there you I've, go. Nope, no I explanation have, needed. It's a bit the of a secret. self-fulfilling prophecy here. <laughs> I was already listening. Yeah. Well, motherfuckers, you got a little question. taste. Get a little taste of Andy and Art's secret. It's a secret. <laughs> but you'll never get all our secrets. <laughs> no, you'll never get our secret lucky charms or a secret formula. <laughs> You're all a bunch of dirty little planktons and you want our secret formula to make our enchiladas. <laughs> or enchilada but we'll batteries. never give up our secret formula. <laughs> uh, bug fuckers, today we're talking the secret. That's right. That the secret. You remember from <laughs> probably about, I mean... Mid-2000s? Mid-2000s. Mid-2000s. It was a pretty popular thing, The Secret. 
The Secret. It was a book uh, movie. It was a book movie. A book and a movie. What is it? What does it entail? Who created it? How do you do it? What does it unlock? <laughs> you know, these are all questions about the secret. And we're going to tell them to you. We're going to yeah. give up the secret. We're, we're dishing the dirt on the secret. It's That's not right. going to be a secret anymore after this. Uh-uh. I mean, it's already not a secret, I guess, because it's happened in the past. But if you don't know, you're, you're going to get it. We are buck naked and our dirty laundry is being aired out. <laughs> the secret is hanging out in the breeze. Stained. Stained and stinky. Our dirty laundry. The secret. <laughs> so if you cannot wait to, uh, to to learn about the secret and what it's all about, here's what I want you to do is you don't need to close your eyes. You don't need to look at your hands. What you need to do is you need to navigate to the show notes or the description or whatever it's called on your favorite podcasting app, whatever you're using to listen to this show right now. Look in it. There will be a timestamp that will take you to the exact time code where the research portion of this episode begins. Because first, Andy and I got to talk about um, some pre-secret, some some not-so-secret business, should I say. Pre, pre-secret. <laughs> yeah. It's no secret, Andy, that uh, Mr. Bunker, the titular Mr. Bunker, used right. to abduct us from our homes. He would abduct us every single week. Right. That's no secret. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's well established in the canon of this podcast and also by uh, corroborating police reports. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, ever since quarantine and all the COVID shit started happening, Mr. Bunker has been traveling the world, going on adventures, doing lots of wacky stuff. We haven't been in the bunker for a long time. We were podcasting from quarantine from our homes Mm-hmm. Um, and this week is no different. Yeah, this is uh, this is another week where we're together but separate. Yeah. Um. And and we miss each other week, like candy. Is that Mandy a song Moore. lyric? Mandy Moore. That's uh, Mandy Moore. I'm missing you like candy. I could have been Mandy Moore. What does that even mean? Missing you like candy. I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, I guess maybe something horrible happens and all your teeth fall out and you can't really eat candy anymore. (laughs) Is she diabetic in this scenario? (laughs) She's type one diabetes. She needs a piece of candy. Mandy, more, more insulin is what she really is. (laughs) Um, so Mandy, more insulin, less sugar. Am I right? Oh boy. Yeah. Okay, we're having fun. <laughs> um, Bunk Funkers, every week since we've been in quarantine, while Mr. Bunker's been traveling the globe and outside the globe, um, he's been sending us postcards to document his travels and to continue giving us assignments. Because I guess now we're sort of like field reporters, <laughs> you know? <laughs> In a way. Yeah. Uh, We're conscripted. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a better accurate description. Mr. Bunker's basically Napoleon, and Art and I are French peasants. Um, <laughs> Bonjour. And 
<rire> oui, oui. Avec moi? <rire> Omelet du fromage? <rire> Voulez-vous coucher? <rire> um, uh, <rire> baguette? Hey. <rire> um, so anyway, um, he's been sending us postcards. Each postcard is a picture of him where he is at the time that week or whatever. And then on the back is um, some of his ramblings. Um, Some of it's uh, insults hurled at us. Uh, Some of it is just an update on his travels. Uh, But it always includes something for us to do um, in terms of the podcast. And this week, um, this week, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of strange ones Art. this one up there in the strangeness, um, but not, not, conventional strange just strange for mr bunker mm-hmm. wouldn't you say um we got a we got a postcard and the photo on the front is mr bunker in front of the library of congress uh and he's wearing a suit oh it was so bizarre like he's he's fully suited on this like slacks jacket tie shirt it the whole so out of place and this shirt is, or this this suit is like obviously decades old and has rarely been worn. Yeah, uh, you ever like look back at old photos of like LeBron James um, draft class, like those fucking suits they were wearing where they're like super <laughs> long, just don't fit. Yeah. The pants just pooling at the bottom at their ankles, like they're literally like fucking pools of suit fabric. That was what, 2003, I think? Yeah, that would have been like early 2000s for sure. The wide, like, pant legs. Oh, pant legs were massive. So, you get the idea. I mean, it just Uh, felt bizarre to see him in a suit. It's like when you were a little kid and you see your teacher outside of school. It's like, oh my God. (laughs) They don't sleep under the desk, you know? Yeah. Um, But he was wearing the suit for... A purpose. I'm not going to say a good purpose because uh, I don't want to get into judgment of of his motives here. But he's wearing it for a purpose because he's uh tr- he's embroiled uh in copyright legislation with the owners of the the creators of the secret. Our That's topic right. today. Yeah. Um. So in a way, uh, he's kind of kind of got us doing this to like get the dirt on the secret. Um, but the reason that he's embroiled in this copyright related legislature, uh, lawsuit is because he, Mr. Bunker, I mean, this, this may have come up before, may not have, um, he's been brewing his own bathtub barbecue sauce in the bunker for a, a while now. Uh, so there's a room in the bunker just full of old clawfoot bathtubs, and each one is full of a different flavor of Mr. Bunker's own home recipe barbecue sauce. Um, he calls it Mr. Bunker's The Secret Sauce, Yeah, and that's really what the issue is. Um, as he started to distribute his uh, barbecue sauce into, to a wider you know, he got a cease and desist letter from The Secret because he's using The Secret. Mm-hmm. And, you know, The Secret logo has like a red wax seal behind the words The Secret. Yeah. Um, 
and he's got like a bright red barbecue thumbprint behind the secret on his. I mean, he, I think he ripped it off. But he's I mean, fighting, you know, I'm no lawyer. I'm no lawyer, now. but you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he is so, he is literally like when we say he's embroiled in this lawsuit, we mean literally he is being broiled alive at yeah, the U.S. Patent Office. They have a large industrial broiler. And in order to get, you know, into the patent office, you got to survive the heat. They've got him on a giant wire rack. They're, <laughs> they're flipping him. They get both sides. They're broiling it's good him up. That he's getting good that he's getting a taste of his own medicine. It is. Because he's done that to us so many times. Ugh. And you know what? He uh, lathers us in that fucking sauce. I can't tell you how many times we show up and you think like, God damn, I just don't want to be all sticky and covered in goop. But then, no, he lacquers you in sauce and puts you in an industrial broiler. I mean, I'm usually all sticky and covered in goop, so it's less uh, <laughs> offensive for me. But I do agree. It's like, I mean, it's hard to get those, you know, he puts that black pepper in a lot of these sauces that stuff gets into crevices it's hard to get out <laughs> i frequently have a lot of paper cuts so black pepper and other spicy uh things you know i've just i flip so many pages every time i see a page i just can't help but flip it yeah. so i get a lot of paper cuts yeah you have a problem i'm a real um, magazine connoisseur just i'm a real magazine junkie just can't oh it's gotta flip and you know it's weird too, right? That he's he's actually going within the boundaries of the law for once. That is strange. I that mean, is. I think if anything, this just this just shows how seriously he takes his bathtub barbecue sauce and how he's trying to make it legitimate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Should we hate him for trying to legitimize himself? I mean, I don't know. You take into account all the things Mr. Bunker has done, all the ways he skirts the law and honestly defies the laws of both both human laws and the laws of physics. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you just kind of think like, you know, do we I mean, I, I guess maybe we should encourage this behavior. Yeah, this I mean, this is a good one. I mean, you know what? He's worked hard on these bathtub barbecue sauces. Some of them are pretty good. I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll admit uh, it. Yeah. Uh, pineapple habanero. Great. Uh, great yep. barbecue sauce. That's Mr. a good Pete. one. That's a good one. You know, I'm, I'm pretty particular to the, uh, to the, uh, the smoky charcoal one. It's got that smoky flavor. Yeah. It's, and it's also and got it's real chunks of charcoal. Real charcoal. Yeah. <laughs> it's real, not, not to my palate, but real briquettes. Know, get, yeah. <laughs> Stone ground charcoal briquettes <laughs> sprinkled throughout. And then you got, you know, you got classic pepper. You got classic, you know, we got the classic pepper sauce. Uh, classic barbecue is a good one. Um, he's got, he's got uh, honey. Mm-hmm. Just straight up honey. honey. Barbecue. Just honey. <laughs> Just honey. <laughs> he's got a bathtub full of honey. <laughs> Um, and, uh, he's got, yeah, he's got, uh, well, you get the idea. <laughs> you get it. You guys have heard of barbecue sauce before. <laughs> he's got a teriyaki that he's doing. Yeah. He's yeah. actually also working on a katsu sauce, which is, uh, you know, a very tasty Japanese kind of barbecue sauce. Um, come on, let's keep naming Hoisin. barbecue sauces. Yeah. Let's Hoisin. keep going. 
poison. Um, he's got like kind of a country gravy kind of barbecue sauce. Alabama white. He's got barbecue Alabama sauce. white. Yep. He's got a uh, he's got kind of a Carolina style, which is a little bit more vinegary. Okay, now we're just all over the place, but I mean, you know, it's you know, it's it's in the realm of his secret sauces. Yeah, these are all these are all his secret recipes. Um, and yeah, I, the the secret recipes. Well, you know, I guess frankly, I wish him the best of luck. You know, I don't. Uh, do I think he's gonna win? No. Is it a noble pursuit? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, hey, he's trying. I mean, it's likely to get dismissed. I don't think he has any standing. Yeah. I mean, he's like, getting broiled alive, but you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, God bless him for trying. God bless him for trying. Well, that was where in the world is uh, Mister Bunker. Um, and now that if leaves you, us. Oh, yeah. If if you if you see him out and about, bunk yes. bunkers. I mean, let us know. On Twitter, Instagram, uh, where email, whatever. Um, or if you see any bottles of Mister Bunker's the secret barbecue sauce in your local grocery store, let us know. Let us know what your favorite variety is, and and also let the grocery store know because he put those there. He put those there. Yeah, they, that's not they're approved. not supposed to be there. <laughs> He 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 probably destroyed some other stock or <laughs> stole it in yep. order to make room for his own barbecue sauce. Yep. Um he's so, trying to pull a sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of pulling a sneaky, um <laughs> we love to give back in in some way, in a, you know, in, in, in the best way that we can to our loyal bunk funkers who support us. Oop, I dropped a pen. Week in oh and week out. Oh, no. It's gone forever. Uh, week in and week out who support us by listening to the show. You know, they message us. They send us stuff on social media. It just means a lot to us that people take time out of their day to listen to this show and to um, say such nice things to us. So in return, we have we have procured a piece of true Bunk tech technology. This is the bunker alarm. It is a Mm -hmm. physical device. It is a physical device that we program to (laughs) to play a perfectly synced. I mean, you could measure this scientifically. It's perfectly synced um, sound that we play in honor of one of our listeners. Andy. Yeah. And uh, this week. That's true. We got a real powerhouse of a bunk poker. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking science, conspiracies, aliens, um, design. Uh, he's a great artist. He's a uh, a podcaster. He's got a YouTube channel. Um, he's our friend and yours, Jacob Elliott. Um, Jacob has, he's an OG bunk bunker. He's, he's sent in plenty of solid requests um yeah. yeah. And we uh, have used yeah. his suggestions in the past. That's right. They're they're great. Um you can check them out at Jacob Elliott C on Twitter. You'll find links to all of his fantastic stuff. His website, he's got YouTube, he's got uh he's got a podcast, he's got other things. So check him out and Jacob, 
Thank you so much for listening. This bunker alarm, this perfectly synced bunker alarm. This bud's for you. This is for you. Now, Andy, do we have bunker a sound? Alarm. Do we have a sound ready? I'm going to cue it up. Just let me know. Yeah, the sound the sound is ready. Okay. Um, oh, you're queuing it up. I'm uh, I'm entering in some oh. information into the bunk tech system. Okay, you're queuing it up. Very solid, very short queue, but uh, I think boop, it's going to be good. Boop, oh, there we go. Some more beeps and boops. Okay, and uh, let me see. We should be we should be ready to go now. Okay, all right. We got our beeps. We got our boops. Here we go. Perfectly synced up for you, Jacob. Thank you again. Thank you, Jake. All right. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and push the uh, the button to make the alarm go. Push play. Boop. Wow. That was worth every penny. That might have actually been. I mean, it's. The technology, it's in the tech. Can't yeah. be bunk tech. It's the bunkiest. <laughs> that's that was that's in the running for a good slogan for that company. <laughs> oh boy. Well, Andy, it's no secret that uh it's probably time to it was probably time <laughs> to get to the episode like 20 minutes ago, but it's definitely uh, <laughs> Ah well. It's fine. You guys got your timestamp. You got the timestamp. If you made it this far, I mean, it's on you at this point. You admit it to yourself. You like the lore. You love it. Just, just <laughs> accept it. Just accept it. Like the secret. Accept the lore of the show. Positive, positive thoughts. Accept the lore of the show. Yes. Don't be anti-lore. Be pro us getting through it faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if you keep thinking it, we'll do it. Um, the secret is very much a, uh, this is an exercise in positive thinking, but it goes a little bit farther than that. If you enjoyed our episodes on uh, breathitarianism, our episodes on uh, uh, the cure for cancer slash goop and alternative meds, you will probably enjoy this one. It's very much in that realm of like, spiritualism kind of like you know mind stuff it's mind consciousness stuff right metaphysics metaphysics um so yeah i mean let's get it right into it here this is uh let's expose the secret we're gonna open up (laughs) bunk dora's box here and expose all the secrets of (gasps) the secret here on mr bunker's conspiracy time podcast Art, what do you think separates you, yourself, from successful and well-adjusted people. Oh, God. I mean, uh, you know, physicality, 
Uh, just general, like, uh, a proper upbringing, um, mm-hmm. you know, no self-loathing, um, but also mm-hmm. a lack of vanity, humbleness, modesty, hardworking, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. good looking, uh, athletic, mm-hmm. um, funny, fun to be around, mm-hmm. um, enjoyable, a positive mental attitude, strong communication right. skills, Sure. Um, a lack of social anxiety, uh, not constantly worrying about if stuff is in their nose, teeth, or eyes when they're talking to somebody. <laughs> yeah. I think all of the above. Uh-huh. Does that work? Yeah that's, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, you know, for me, I probably would say that successful people are competent and make good decisions. And I really am not and don't do either of those things. <laughs> so I say that's the primary difference for me. Um you know, okay, let me let me ask you this now Art. Uh who is the historical figure you most admire and why do you Man. admire that person? Uh when I saw this question, I honestly was so stumped because I really do not I honestly like I'm not even saying this I don't like I don't admire any historical figures. Like I don't sit there that's and go fair. like I don't go like, oh my God, fucking Plato. Oh, wow. Oh, I can't get enough of Plato. And it's like, I appreciate what Plato contributed, but, um, you know, I don't know. So I kind of did some digging and I thought, you know, I guess Tim Berners-Lee is kind of cool. Do you know who Tim Berners-Lee is? Tim Berners-Lee? I don't yeah. think so. He created. What's the deal with Tim? He created the World Wide Web. Oh, he created. Oh. I'm pretty sure he also created HTML as well, which is a oh. hypertext markup language. To oh. uh, in order to read, and he created a URL, all that stuff. That's all his design. And yeah, the dude decided not to patent any of it, so that would it would be free. Um, wow. now you know whether I I mean I didn't do enough digging to see whether it was like because he's kind of quoted in saying like. Oh, you know, if I didn't do it, if I had patented it, someone else would have come along and made it for free anyway. But uh, he's usually pretty humble. He kind of like says like, hey, it wasn't just me. It was like a team of people. But, uh, you know, hey, the Internet's great. Without the Internet, we wouldn't have so many wonderful things. And we have Tim Berners-Lee and a lot of other great people throughout history who have worked on computing and um coding computer science to thank for that so thank you tim berners lee man this guy has a lot of letters after his name oh yeah o m k b e f r s f r e n g f r s a f b c s so he's order of merit he's a fellow of the royal society order of the british empire fellow of the royal academy of engineering Fellow of the Royal Society of Arts and British Computer Society. Oh, those guys know how to party. That's an accomplished gentleman right there. Um, Okay, Uh, great choice, Art, Uh, and informative, too. Great job. Um, I think for me, uh, I'm going to answer this question as well. For me, it's got to be Ettore Boyardi, uh, perhaps the most famous Italian-American chef of all time. that's right, Art. I'm talking about the real life Chef Boyardee. Look, uh, this 
Chef was an immigrant to the United States, worked his way up through the ranks to become head chef at the Plaza Hotel in New York City. He started his own canned Italian food business, starred in the commercials, and was very successful. His face still adorns the cans of Chef Boyardee products to this day. And I mean, come on. Who among us hasn't enjoyed a nice can of ravioli once in a while? Or one of those boxed pizza kits? My nickname is Beefaroni for crying out loud. Even though Ettore Boyardi passed away in 1985, I'll point out only a few months before I was born. So, you know, maybe I'm him reincarnated. <laughs> Even though Ettore Boyardi passed away in 1985, I should mention too, he was in Ohio. He lived in Ohio just like me. That's where I was born. So even though Ettore Boyardi passed away in 1985, his products, his brainchild, is still inspiring passionate fans. And if you don't believe me, just go ahead and read the reviews of the products on ChefBoyardi.com. There are some seriously passionate folks there. So where am I going with all of this? Hey, great question, Andy. Um, Yeah, I... To be honest, I'm not sure at this point, but here's what I am sure of, Art. Today, we're talking about a way that you and I can close the gap between, uh, what was your guy's name? Tim Berners-Lee. Yeah. And Chef Boyardee. It rhymes. (laughs) Tim Berners-Lee and Chef Boyardee. We're going to close the gap. Today's the day we learn the secret of how to go from Boyardees to Menardees. Bunk Funkers, today Art and I are talking about The Secret, a book and a movie, both released in 2006, that took the world by storm. The Secret promised to help readers slash watchers get everything they want in life, fulfilling their wildest dreams. Even that dream where me and a couple of other rogue web admins hijacked the Playgirl website to display our own erotic centerfold shoots, and then Hugh Hefner's ghost appears and tells us that we're all true hunks despite what amateur centerfold online forums might say? Especially that dream art. Oh, wow. <laughs> if the secret could make that dream come true, Andy, you'd better believe people would be interested. And interested they were. Oprah Winfrey, host of the eponymous show, Oprah, devoted the show's February 8th, 2007 episode to The Secret. That episode, called Discovering The Secret, was so popular, Oprah followed up with an episode on February 16th, 2007. One week later, the huge reaction to The Secret. The Secret wasn't a secret anymore. The book became number one on Amazon's DVD chart. Hey, remember DVDs? And the book became number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Hey, hey, remember books and newspapers? (laughs) (laughs) I do. DVD sales of The Secret eventually surpassed $65 million. Clearly, people were way into The Secret. And not just any people. Even our beloved celebrities. That's right, Bunk Funkers. If you know anything about me and Andy, it's that we can't get enough of our celebrities. We're keeping up with the Kardashians. I mean, Andy and I are real housewives. We strongly believe Hogan knows best. Big Brother! We do. (laughs) Can't get enough. That's our mission statement. (laughs) 
Hogan knows best, big brother. (laughs) Aside from Oprah, lots of other celebrities said The Secret worked for them and changed their lives. Celebrities like Jim Carrey, Will Smith, Tyler Perry, Steve Harvey, Conor McGregor, and LMFAO. The the band. You remember them. Party Rock is in the house. Not the internet slang. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sexy and I know it. Well, butter my biscuits. Hot damn. That's more star power than the dangerously unstable prototype nuclear fusion reactor I build in my shed. Lots of people dig the secret, but let's dig into it. What the heck is it? The basic idea behind the secret is something called the law of attraction, which is a new thought philosophy that essentially states that like attracts like. You've heard the old maxim opposites attract, but not with the law of attraction. In the law of attraction model, the energy you put out into the universe is the same energy you receive back. Basically, if you're positive, positive things happen to you. If you're negative, bad things happen. According to The Secret, the law of attraction causes each of us to attract what we spend the most energy thinking about. Our thoughts send out a magnetic signal that attracts whatever is on our minds. In this way, our thoughts turn into things. So let's say you have a recurring nightmare about a murderous anthropomorphic charcuterie plate trying to murder you by using cold cuts like ninja shurikens and the nightmares are so vivid you experience tangible fear of the charcuterie plate stalking you in your daily life chances are that charcuterie plate is going to show up at your door at least according to the law of attraction if any of you are having that experience the secret that the secret says that everything obeys the law of attraction and in fact the law of attraction is the unifying law of the entire universe uh, in the movie the secret physicist fred allen wolf says that no less than quantum physics supports the existence and process of the law of attraction on a real basic level the secret to the secret is positive thinking But it's a little more complicated because there's a process for visualizing and actualizing your positive thoughts. First of all, you have to ask. Before Big Daddy Universe gives you treats, you have to ask nicely. You have to decide what you really, really want and ask for it. Part of this is having gratitude for the things in your life that you are already uh, pot that sorry, let me say that again. Part of this is having gratitude for the things in your life that are already positive because maybe you'll ask for more of that second you have to believe you believe that you will get whatever you asked for this is what kickstarts the law of attraction process making the universe rearrange to give you what you want as the film says when you visualize you materialize and finally you have to receive Even before you get what you want, you have to feel the way you'll feel when you finally get that thing you asked for. Feeling this way prepares you to actually get what you want. And that's it. That's all you have to do. Literally, the movie claims a 100% success rate, saying that the secret works for every person, every time. The secret says that everybody had, has, 
bad things happen to them. But ultimately, some people don't overcome the bad things because they focus on the bad things happening to them rather than the good things that are happening to them. According to the film, it's been scientifically proven that positive thoughts are more powerful than negative thoughts. In fact, in the movie, there's a dramatization of a guy locking up his bike, which is stolen while the guy is away. Bike guy was too concerned about his bike being stolen, which is exactly what happened to him. Now, this principle is manifested in lots of different ways in The Secret. Some are simple, like, you know, uh, you have to love yourself before others can love you. But some are a little bit more complicated, like that the law of attraction can apparently stop aging. You just have to believe you're getting younger. (laughs) Regardless of the efficacy of that last claim, The Secret basically says that the law of attraction has applicability in all kinds of facets of your life. In one interesting anecdote, a therapist on the movie uh, tells, tells a story about working with a gay student. The student said that he was bullied at work and constantly accosted on the street for being gay. The student was trying to be a stand-up comedian and got heckled for his sexuality as well. The therapist told the student he focused too much on the negative things and that he should uh, think more about what he wanted rather than the bad stuff happening to him. According to the therapist, the student said that after uh, thinking positive, the bullies all ended up leaving the office and the street attacks stopped. So did the heckling. A feeling Andy and I will never know. (laughs) Nope, not even close. Despite these varied applications, the secret is largely focused on wealth generation or financial prosperity. The secret says that the universe is like a catalog. Hey, remember catalogs? (laughs) (laughs) You place your order, believe it will happen, feel that it has happened, and it will happen. The universe has enough for everybody to have abundant resources, so ask and ye shall receive. This focus on wealth makes some sense, too, when you consider the actual history and some of the lore surrounding The Secret, which we're going to get into now. The Secret movie starts off like a historical thriller. It's like The Da Vinci Code or an in-game cinematic in a civilization game. There are haggard-looking truth-seekers hidden away in stone chambers lit only by torchlight, hunched over ancient tomes while soldiers quickly advance on the position. According to The Secret, the law of attraction has been passed down through the ages and was known to all the great minds and people of history. The Secret cites Plato, Galileo Galilei, Ludwig von Beethoven, Thomas Edison, Andrew Carnegie, and Albert Einstein as some of the luminaries who knew the law of attraction and used it to their advantage. Allegedly, the earliest hints of the Law of Attraction were contained in the Emerald Tablet, an influential text which is supposedly ancient, although maybe not really ancient. Um, At any rate, uh, the Emerald Tablet was influential and perhaps contains the secret to creating the Philosopher's Stone, the key to unlocking the power of alchemy. Now, if you don't know, alchemy is this philosophical idea of transformation of matter, which could be used to turn metals into gold, for example. Uh, the Emerald Tablet was allegedly written by Hermes Trismegistus, which means thrice greatest Hermes, a mythical figure who gets credit for writings that form the basis of Hermeticism, uh, which is like an esoteric school Uh, of thought. Much like alchemy and hermeticism, the law of attraction faded in and out of obscurity throughout human history. 
According to the secret, the knowledge contained in the secret was highly sought after and had to be hidden away to protect it from misuse. Even though the movie also kind of says that it was misused because it says that wealthy people in history knew about the law of attraction and kept the knowledge secret from regular people, creating wealth inequality, which we can still objectively observe today. But at any rate, the knowledge was perhaps carried forward to more modern times by the Rosicrucians, which were influenced in part by Hermeticism. Fast forward to modern times, and this ancient coveted knowledge was written into the book and movie The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, an Australian radio and television producer who also produced the movie The Secret. According to Rhonda, she first learned the secret behind The Secret after being gifted a book by her daughter, Wallace D. Waddle's 1910 volume, The Science of Getting Rich. Here's a quote from Rhonda about reading this book. Quote, Something inside of me had me turn the pages one by one, and I can still remember my tears hitting the pages as I was reading it. It gave me a glimpse of the secret, and it was like a flame inside of my heart. End quote. This heartburn led Rhonda into an exhaustive two-month research project through all of recorded human history across all world religions and every human pursuit, the culmination of which was The Secret. Again, considering Rhonda Byrne was inspired by The Science of Getting Rich, a book uh, which is exactly what it sounds like it's about, it's not surprising that The Secret leans toward talking about money. In fact, here's a quote from The Science of Getting Rich. This is from the very beginning of chapter one of the book, a chapter called The Right to be Rich. Quote, Whatever may be said in praise of poverty, the fact remains that it is not possible to live a really complete or successful life unless one is rich. No man can rise to his greatest possible height in talent or soul development unless he has plenty of money. For to unfold the soul and to develop talent, he must have many things to use. And he cannot have these things unless he has money to buy them with. End quote. If Rhonda Byrne believes wealth is the cornerstone of a fulfilling life, it's no wonder that The Secret tells you so much about your finances and other material things. An example of this comes from David Shermer, uh, who is described in the movie as an investment trainer. Um, Shermer says he uses The Secret to get good parking spaces. Interestingly, a few years after The Secret's release, Shermer was barred from, from, from providing financial services by the Australian Securities and Investment Commission, or ASIC. Fun little tidbit there. Now, in this case, the law of attraction leads us to believe that Shermer was likely too worried about Australian securities regulation violations, causing him to commit those very violations. As The Secret suggests... Shermer shouldn't have worried about committing crimes. He should have thought positively about being compliant with the law. This is similar to the advice for people to stop thinking about getting out of debt because that only leads you to attract more debt. It's also similar to what happened to the bicycle guy. Now, aside from David Shermer, the secret has a number of different people on to talk about the law of attraction. And frankly, there was some drama. One of the experts interviewed for the movie is Bob Proctor. Proctor is an author and motivational speaker who is described in the movie as a philosopher. He's written numerous books on the law of attraction, and his firm, the Proctor Gallagher Institute, offers life coaching based on the law of attraction. 
In 2008, one of Proctor's companies successfully sued David Shermer, yes, the same one we already mentioned, for, quote, misleading or deceptive conduct, end quote. In addition to this, Rhonda Byrne has been has had accusations of plagiarism levied against her by author Vanessa Bonnet. Bonnet claims Byrne stole her book, which eventually became The Secret. The director of The Secret Movie and a consultant for the film sued Rhonda for breach of contract over their share of the profits from The Secret. For your information, though, the director lost the case and the consultant settled with Rhonda outside of court. But probably the most interesting drama... Involves Esther Hicks and Abraham. Now, Esther Hicks is an author and motivational speaker who has written books on the law of attraction, some with her late husband, Jerry Hicks. So, you know, that's for fairly normal for this topic. What about Abraham? Abraham is a self-described group of consciousnesses uh, from the non-physical dimension. Now, now we're talking. Now we're talking bug fuckers. Okay. Esther Hicks channels Abraham, though Abraham points out that Esther and Jerry never used the word channeling. Abraham describes itself or themselves as, quote unquote, source energy, which is the same kind of energy you feel when you come. Yeah. (laughs) From the source. From the source. At any rate... Abraham shared the secrets of the law of attraction with the Hickses, making them prime candidates to participate in the secret. Esther and Abraham appeared in the original version of the movie, but were removed from a later, quote, extended edition release. Release. Jeez. Mushmouthed. According to Abraham, Esther and Jerry signed a contract with Rhonda before agreeing to appear in the movie, which was originally supposed to air on Australian TV. After the movie's release, which was not on Australian TV, Rhonda asked Jerry and Esther to rescind their contract because it interfered with distribution. According to the Hickses, after consulting with Abraham, they agreed to be edited out of the film. Now, if you believe the New York Times... Jerry and Esther were given the approval over most of the film per their contract. When they saw the first cut, they were mad because Esther's face was never shown. Abraham's voice was used as narration only. More negotiations ensued, which led to a new deal that ultimately was an issue for the Hickses when the movie was distributed differently than originally stipulated. While this all might seem about money, It really might be more about getting credit for the law of attraction or at least, you know, making it popular. Yeah, which I guess it kind of leads us to the skeptics take on on this one. I don't think it's really hard to see where this is headed, right? Skeptics see that there's really no evidence that positive thinking can can actually get you anything you want in the universe. As for the law of attraction itself, we just mentioned getting credit for it. Uh, Esther and Jerry might have been fighting with Rhonda for the acknowledgement as the gurus of law of attraction. But really, this is an old idea. Rhonda was inspired by the science of getting rich, which was written in 1910. Uh, The ideas underpinning even that book were originated during the New Thought movement, which began in the early 1800s. Even the term law of attraction appears in print in 1877, used by possible future episode subject Helena Blavatsky. So really, skeptics see this as just modern repackaging of old ideas. Like a horse and carriage, but the horse is 
a robot or something. I don't know, get it. It's also worth mentioning that even though the law of attraction is an old idea, there's no evidence that all the historical luminaries the secret claims used the law of attraction actually were aware of it or believed in it. This is especially true for those figures who lived long before the New Thought movement, like Plato. Skeptics also take issue with the scientific claims made in The Secret. For one, while it's not entirely ruled out, some scientists take issue with the assertion that quantum physics proves the law of attraction to be a universal truth. Some even go so far as to say that The Secret lacks any kind of scientific foundation. One thing The Secret almost encourages, but stops short of actually encouraging, is using positive thinking to cure your medical issues instead of actual medicine and treatment. A doctor in the movie says you need to think positively to help you get better as a component to uh, actual medical treatment. But the doctor also kind of suggests that you don't need medical treatment for everything, (laughs) that some things can be cured just by thinking better. There's even a testimonial in the movie from a woman who says that she was cured of her breast cancer in a few months just by visualizing herself as cancer-free and watching really funny Charlie Chaplin movies. (laughs) Yeah. She claims she did not undergo surgery, have any radiation, or chemotherapy treatments. But maybe most problematic for skeptics is that The Secret essentially blames suffering people for all the bad things that happen to them. This uh, even includes victims of natural disasters or genocides. Rhonda Byrne says, quote, by the law of attraction, they had to be on the same frequency as the event, end quote. Yikes. <laughs> the secret also suggests that thinking about how to solve society's ills actually makes those things worse. Now, for example, let's say you're opposed to hunger and starvation. Trying to stop hunger and starvation only leads to more hunger and starvation. You should instead focus on everybody having abundant food. Or here's another example. Instead of being anti-war, which only breeds more war, you should be pro-peace. So what can positive thinking really do for you? Is the law of attraction ready to bring you everything you ever wanted? Untold wealth? supreme happiness does the secret really contain the knowledge to rearrange the universe to be always in our favor maybe so but maybe the secret is just re-gifted 19th century hippie drivel or maybe it's more dangerous than that even leading believers to feel guilty for anything bad that happens to them even if it's outside of their control whatever the case might be we operate under bunker's law which states that If you believe it, you too can get the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Bunk Funkers, this is Andy, and I'm here with my co-host, your co-host, Art, uh, and we're coming at you today to let you know that we launched a Patreon. Uh, so if you have the means and you want to support the show, 
come visit us at patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod and consider becoming a subscriber. Get an extra podcast episode every month of our brand new show, Andy and Art Debunked, available only on Patreon. We're going to be covering uh, various urban legends and myths. We'll do TV and movie commentary tracks and reviews. We'll do pop culture conspiracies and much, much more. Becoming a subscriber will also get you access to our Discord channel where you can chat with me and Art and other bunk funkers from around the globe. You'll also get plenty of behind-the-scenes content and much, much more. So, please, help us support the show and keep the lights on in the bunker. Visit us at patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod and become a subscriber today. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of The Secret. The Secret. The Secret. The Secret. Bunk Funkers, you gotta imagine us shirtless. And we're covered in, like, a really fine white silk. And we have long Fabio hair. And we're saying it, The Secret. We're on a, we're on a rocky beach. We're on a rocky beach. And so many rocks. Sea spray is blasting up from below us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our skin's glistening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our chiseled chests, our impeccable jawlines. Oh, yeah. Our throbbing hogs, which are <laughs> partially exposed. Because yeah. we're only wearing loincloths and there's a breeze. And that is what the Instagram version looks like. The real version, we look like two bloated... Fucking like Fabio's two bloated Fabio impersonators that drink have drank like a gallon of milk each. That's what the <laughs> real version looks like. Fla- Fabio was the spokesperson for I can't believe it's not butter. We look like we were eating. I can't believe it's not butter, but we didn't realize that it was actually butter. And it's margarine. Now we're moments away from dying moments away yeah if if the waves don't kill us our fucking heart palpitations will (laughs) yeah literally our hearts are beating through our chest but you know what andy we're thinking positive thoughts when we're on that beach hey hey we are we're thinking about all the good times let's let's start with like the secret itself not not like the actual like the the uh the air around it do you remember when this shit came out yeah, I do. Um, so, look, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you. Like, for context, when when this would have... Um, yeah, you're almost like out, a centurion. Right. When this came out, I had just turned 74 <laughs> uh, a few months earlier, before this was on Oprah. Um, no, when, uh, when this came out, I would have been in college mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And, you know, I think that to me, what the secret was, I didn't really know. I'll be honest. I didn't know much about it. Truthfully, like I'm aware that it existed, but I didn't know anything about the content. Uh, This is like, to me, it's like one of those books that you get at a high school graduation. Right? Like, yeah, that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of space it occupies in my mind is it's like, oh, this is something that somebody would get you. Like, ah, here's, here's a way to like, like a Hallmark book. You know what I mean? Like a book you'd buy at the Hallmark store. Well, fittingly, the guy who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul is uh, one of the big believers of the secret. 
And yes. he, he attributes most of his success to the secret. So, uh, well, I mean, whether or not, you know, but anyway, but, uh, I, I do remember when this came out, I was, a, I would have been, this was like what, 2006, 2007. So yeah. I would have 2006 been, is when the book and movie came out and yeah. then there was on Oprah in early 2007. So I would have been like a fresh, I would have been just entering high school. And so I definitely remember being like, oh shit, I got to get that fucking secret. I got to fucking know. Like that's the secret. That's what will that's what'll help yeah. me to not feel like a fucking, you know, hormonal, uh, angsty piece of shit. <laughs> Cause I'm like 13, 14 years old, you know? <laughs> That'll cure my yeah. acne. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um I, did I remember you read it? No, no, I never did. I uh I yeah, I was not a strong reader. If it wasn't uh if it wasn't a fantasy <laughs> novel, I was probably wasn't reading it. You couldn't read it? Like it was too complicated? No, nah, still don't know how to read it. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I you just said you weren't a strong reader. I thought it meant like you literally lacked the ability to read the secret. <laughs> I can't, I mean my limit is like Harry Potter. <laughs> Speaking of the Philosopher's Stone. There you go. Oh wait, that's the Sorcerer's Stone. Sorry. Well, it was the Philosopher's Stone in the British edition, I believe. Oh, oh my. Uh, is that thing supposed to be about alchemy? I've not read that book. I think so. I think okay. so. I think that's what it's about. Oh, God, I'm going to get roasted. Um, oh uh, hey, it's been a while since I read those books, okay? But um, <laughs> I would have been reading them, actually, around that time. J.K. But... Rowling, if you're listening to this, roast art if he gets anything wrong. <laughs> and even if he gets stuff even if he gets stuff wrong about things that you had, you just made up earlier today... Still roast him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to plan a Comedy Central roast, and I want to get like a lot of random celebrities that have nothing to do with me to write jokes <laughs> that uh, Jeff Ross wrote for them. You mean to read jokes that someone else right, wrote for them? Right. You know, I, yeah. I like, like, really, like, like, instead of getting like the actual good performers like Tony Hinchcliffe and like Jeff Ross and like some of these other people who actually write the jokes, um, you know, just just have like random celebrities fucking read them to me that have nothing to do with me. Um, but the secret I think that sounds that sounds great. Uh, I would watch that. The secret, you know, yeah, I I remember, but I remember the buzz about it. I remember people talking about it. I think Snoop Dogg was into the secret. There, there are a lot of celebrities. I mean, I didn't. It was uh, huge, man. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't list all of the celebrities, but I mean, it was a big. Um, you know, I think it's one of these things where it, it got like it was really trendy. It's so super trendy. I, I think that's, I think that's part of it too for celebrities, right? Like, plus, I mean, not to, not to throw out the baby with the bathwater in a way, but um, or to throw out your baby fat jacket. Yeah, yeah, I'm keeping that thing forever. Uh, it's so comfortable. Um, <laughs> I think that it's it was trendy, which I think attracts celebrities. Yeah, you know, naturally. But also, it's like celebrities kind of have the uh, the means already to <laughs> get fully invested in something like this because yeah. there's really no there's no repercussions <laughs> right. for them. Like they're already rich, so it's like a <laughs> prosperity. A self-help prosperity thing is like very low stakes for them. Yeah. So it's like you could be like, oh, it totally, <laughs> totally works. Like I, w- I wished for another hundred dollars and I 
got it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's much different. So, I think that's, it Guy was very popular with lots of celebrities. Yeah, yeah. Forget or, the, like, the years of fucking hard work, the, um, the, uh, the actual legitimate physical, like, natural talent. The uh, getting lucky, being in the right place at the wrong time, um, greasing palms, stepping on people's heads. Um, so there's Jim Carrey. There's this anecdote that Jim Carrey told on one of Oprah's shows. Yeah. Where he was like just getting his start in his acting career. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if at this point he was on In Living Color or what, but he's, it's like young Jim Carrey, right? And he's, he decides one day he's writing himself a check dated five years in the future. And he makes it out for like a $5 million or a million dollars or whatever, like at least a million dollars he writes this check out for. And he keeps that check on him like all the, all the time, like it's dated five years. And you know, in his spare time, he's driving through Beverly Hills, looking at all the mansions and stuff. Um, and then he says five years after the, after all that stuff, after he wrote that check, he got his first inked, his first big movie deal. So he exceeded even that goal. Uh, and he attributed that to the secret, hmm. to the law of attraction. Hmm. I guess this is a good segue of, I mean, what do you make? What do we make of the secret? Um, I mean, look. I mean, look. Art, you know me. Bunk Funkers, by this point, you know me. I think you have an idea what I'm going to say. Um, frankly, I think there's some useful stuff in the secret. Sure. Um, Probably more useful th- than, like, breatharianism or some of the other stuff we've encountered. Yeah, I mean, at its basic kind of level like positive thinking is something that i mean i think i think helps a lot sure just in your every day like i'll admit i'll admit it i mean and everybody who knows me knows this is true i'm not so good at it but oh you're terrible at it if you you should feel bad you should think bad thoughts about how you're bad at positive thinking (laughs) oh no it's a spiral (laughs) You uh, you've gone through a transition in the time that I've known you. You you went into a cocoon. You were a fucking ugly. Ca- I mean, an ugly like a bird poop looking caterpillar. And you went into a cocoon and you came out as a pretty ugly looking, like a butter real- literal butterfly made of butter. Yeah, but hey, you have wings. And- Bad at pollinating flowers, butterfly, like real useful species. You used to be called Dark Mark. That was the nickname we used to give you because you're, I mean, in our our illustrious comedy career, you used to you used to always go super dark, super hard. You were kind of a, you were known for that and you were known for being very negative about pretty much everything. I mean, even outside <laughs> of comedy, you would take the like, you would go dark. That was your thing. You were a dark person. I was a pessimist. You were a pessimist, but I think in recent years, you know, you kind of, you know, you're a family man now, you know, you've got the white picket fence, you've got 45 dogs, you've got, you know, two and a half robot children, you've got a lawnmower car. So many things that have made you a more positive person. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I uh, I agree. I mean, look, I think uh, I think that you as you age, everybody goes through changes. You you think about how you interface with the world, and I kind of do believe a little bit in interacting with other people that your personality is like a mirror, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. other people are like mirrors, I guess is what I, like you, you, your personality is like a light and other people are mirrors. Yeah. And so they just basically reflect back to you what you send out to them. Um, like, I'm not talking about this in like a material sense. This is just in a like interpersonal sense so you know if you're if you're an asshole to people like people are probably going to be an asshole to you because you suck yeah uh so if you're if you're like nice to people and you have uh like positive vibes i guess or you you put out a positive energy i think people respond to that for sure positively yeah um it's not always true i don't think but anyone who's ever worked a customer service job i mean I, well, maybe that's not a good example because you can be as positive as you want. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes people just want to fucking... But occasionally, you know, maybe you'll get like a... I've had it happen before where I, I've... I, you know, my uh, my parents, one of the things they kind of drilled into me was always like the kind of kill them with kindness kind of thing. Like, you can't win if you... You're going to get beat if you like try and out... Like, if you get outraged over... Um, like petty grievances and things like that, where people are being dicks to you. Like you have to, you got to be the bigger person. You got to turn the other cheek, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've always, you know, I've do that a lot too. And, and it does happen where, you know, you get a, somebody is kind of chewing you out and you fucking just kind of, you hit them. Like you can't be held at fault if you fucking hit them with the wall of kindness and positivity, because they there's just no way they can get you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it's you, you know, if you, you know, you'll get, you know, the boss man or whoever, they'll fucking see. It's like, oh, well, you know, and eventually maybe you'll get, you know, whoever to apologize to you. Maybe not, but I don't know where I'm yeah. going. I'm rambling. Well, you know, I think people are trying to get a reaction out of you. And right. so then when you don't give them the reaction that they want, they kind of back off. And, you know, it's like sometimes it does, it does, you know, things will turn around in situations like that sometimes where somebody who's who's rude or aggressive becomes maybe kind even. Yeah. Um, because you you hit them with kindness. So there's there's like a there's like a kernel of truth, right? Like for sure. Like this this the secret itself is like eight trillion acres of land and there's a kernel of truth <laughs> one kernel of corn that's truth I, I mean i don't know if i'm gonna go that far <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating so i mean i think for like all like mundane things like you got to think of like a maslow's hierarchy of needs if you're fucking if you don't even have the base fucking needs fuck the secret <laughs> Like you don't sit there and fucking wish for food if you're goddamn hungry, <laughs> you know. Uh, Dave Chappelle uh, did a joke about this where it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, he's like talking about how like somebody stops him on the street and is asking for food. Like he's he's talking about the secret, uh, and 
you know, he's like, oh, he's like doing a little role play thing where somebody's asking him for food on the street, and he's like, what you need to do is visualize roast beef visualize a big turkey uh and then he kind of ends it by saying like you know your problem is you have you have a bad attitude about starving to death (laughs) (laughs) yeah which i think you you know that's to your point uh if you if you're lacking the basic essentials of life uh the secret probably isn't the way you want to approach that but like i was thinking in the shower and uh, <laughs> go on. I was thinking about the secret and uh, uh, um, no, I was thinking like like for mundane things, like I was thinking like, OK, when's a time where I need to employ? I was thinking like, OK, when I have like a bad workout, like, you know, sometimes when you go work out and you're just like, fuck, you're just not feeling it. You're fucking tired. You're just like, what the fuck am I doing? I look like shit. I hate this. This isn't fun. What's the point of all this? Like, I can't, you know, you know how a lot of people probably have those thoughts. It's like, those are times where you just got to like fucking take it on the chin. Be like, you know what? All right, this is happening. I'm having a bad fucking shitty day. Let's just get through it. Let's think some positive thoughts. Let's be positive about this workout. Get through it. And hey, you know, maybe at the end we'll feel good. Like we accomplished something we did not give up. I speak to myself as we. I use the no, royal weed. I'm not surprised by that. Here's something that I liked about the secret. This goes in line with what you're saying is there's this element of gratitude um about being thankful for what you do have instead of uh wanting things that you don't have. You know, like being being uh introspective enough to look at the things that are good for you and appreciating those things uh, rather than looking at the things that you don't have yeah. and being like upset because you don't have those. That is, that's like, yes. that's valuable. That's so that's valuable. A healthier, healthier mindset than, you know, always thinking about everything that you don't have that other people have. It's like, oh, it's true. think about what you do have that you are very glad that you do have. Um, I mean that a hundred percent true, Andy. I mean we we've been content creators, unfortunately, for a lot of people, for a long time. <laughs> and it's tough. Well, not it's that tough. many. Not that many people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not a not exceptional reach on any of our creative projects. So not that. Many I mean, people you know, really hey, we perform in front of an audience of like two hundred plus people one time, and that was that's that's a perfect example. Like, did did you or I ever really complete any of the big goals that we kind of wanted to achieve when we first get we're getting started in improv comedy and like no we you and I never made it we never made fucking Herald teams we never made any teams in any fucking anything anywhere in this city I'm still not writing for TV I you're still not writing for TV um I I have old video footage I took of you in the shower I I mean uh that I took uh for a uh film class I was doing where I interviewed you about what your kind of goals were in comedy. And you said, you know, you talked about that, but you're also like, hey, you know, if I just become an improv teacher and people look up to me and respect me for <laughs> oh that, boy. that's good enough for oh me. Boy. It's like, you didn't get that either. <laughs> yeah, nobody looks up to me or respects me. Uh, and that's fine. I'm comfortable with that at this point. In my I life. mean, we never made anything. We never had fucking like 
blowout shows that were packed every single night in a comfy, cozy, you know, underground little theater. Um, it just never happened. It never happened. And there's a myriad of reasons why. But instead of sitting there and like dwelling on like, oh, that fucking, those fucking people got that or that, those people did that, blah, 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 blah. you know, you just kind of got to like lean back, take it. You know, it's good to maybe look back and look on the positive of it. Like, hey, we had a wild fucking ride. We did some cool shit. We performed in front of 200 plus people one time. That was cool. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. That felt nuts. That's a feeling you don't forget. To be in front of an audience of 200 people, the, the like, it's the fucking energy that literally, I mean, you can feel it. The air, the 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 sound waves of the laughter or lack thereof. <laughs> the, of the of the silence every time you deliver a laugh line yep um or you do a weird sketch about two adult men who are obsessed with the facebook sticker pusheen <laughs> um or or most controversially uh a sketch about a dad who wants to have sex with a deer that's true that was a very controversial sketch um but I mean, to sit there just to sit or like think about like how fun our trips to Detroit were or the people we met in Detroit and the good sets we had. And it's just better. You're just you're better off in life focusing on that stuff than focusing on like, man, I never made a Herald team, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you, you don't know. You only have your own perspective, right? Yeah. Like you can't have the perspective of anybody else. Sometimes people tell me like, oh, you guys are lucky. You got to do everything the way you wanted to do it. You didn't have to like do it somebody else's way. We never answered to anybody but ourselves. During when we were doing a lot of that stuff, we felt like, hey, we were missing out on something. But some people are like, me, you weren't missing out on anything. You you had a better experience probably than some other people. So you never know what anybody else's perspective is on their own experiences. You can only experience things for yourself. So you might as well choose to appreciate the good things that have happened to you and, and look at them in a good light instead of being disappointed about all the stuff that didn't happen to you. It's like, yeah. cause there's going to be countless things that aren't going to happen to you. Like oh, you especially can't... if you're us. I mean, I mean literally exponentially an exponential <laughs> amount of things. Logarithmic. Yeah. It's logarithmic. Yeah. Scale. But even even for <laughs> even for people who are ambitious or well adjusted or who enjoy getting out of the house. Oh yeah. I mean you can't possibly experience everything, you know? It's like what if I mean this is this is my problem then with the secret. It's like, well, what if what if the only thing that I want is to visit another star system in the universe? <laughs> What are like, I mean, you went a lot more positive with it than I did. <laughs> I said, what if I'm a serial killer and the only thing I want is to kill more people? Mm, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> have your thing that board. brings me the most joy. I'm a serial killer. You know, it's like, I want to kill have, more people. Have, uh, have your vision board, stalk your victims. Yeah. Uh, put their pictures up. Oh, uh, Jesus. You know, itinerary of their movements and stuff. I mean, it's, it's easy when you make a vision board. <laughs> I think the bulk of the secret is literally, and they they almost they almost jokingly one of the people the the guy the chicken soup guy again talks about it. He's Jack, like Jack Canfield is is that guy's name, yeah. Just for reference here, Jack Canfield he he mentions how he 
you know, he got the idea for his book and then he's like, oh, how am I going to sell the book, you know, for that amount? And then he sees the National Enquirer and then later he's doing something and he meets some woman who writes for the National Enquirer. And, you know, it's it's like, like, that's the secret. The secret is like dollar store self-help. Like, it's like, it, it should be where the National Enquirer is, the grocery store. Hey, remember the National Enquirer and the grocery store? Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it should be there. It's like, it's, it's, it's vision boards and positive thinking. This is like, this is wellness 101, mindfulness 101, you know? Um, it's kind of infiltrating the world right about now. I don't think it should be blown up to anything more than that. Just like, you know, hey. Don't get so down on your luck because, you know, I, I do think that like very motivated and driven people do like they do like these vision board things and they fucking they go ham. Like I just finished watching The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary about the uh, 90s Bulls, one of the probably the greatest basketball dynasty ever. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, am I showing some bias by saying that? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, they're pretty fucking good. They were pretty damn dominant. But Michael Jordan kind of does like the, it's almost like he does the secret, but the anti-secret where every minute <laughs> little yeah. fucking thing. Oh, oh. So they uh, they took off uh, Steve Kerr's luggage before they took mine off the plane. Okay, I'm going to take that personally. I take that as a personal slight. And he goes and he fucking like, he has to go like, find that that the airline person and then like fucking challenge them to a one-on-one basketball game it's like michael jordan takes everything every little tiny slight as like the most person like there's there's like a story where some motherfucker i don't even know it's like people would say like one or two little things to him he'd be like oh okay all right i'm gonna take that personally like he says that like so many times in the fucking yeah. documentary and then he goes and puts up like 60 fucking points i mean the dude is yeah. just he's on another level he's driven like kobe bryant was the same way lebron james i'm sure is the same way they're just insanely driven people and that's i mean that's kind of the secret but toned down it's like hey think about what you want and don't ever stop visualizing it like fucking visualize it and work towards it every like second and it it'll come true they, but instead like michael jordan would say like i fucking did that whereas the secret's like the universe gave it to you you know yeah the universe <laughs> rearranged itself whereas yeah. michael michael jordan if you told him like the universe rearranged itself he'd be like fuck the universe <laughs> and then he would have a grudge against the universe yeah. for he'd until to, he defeated the universe he'd have to dunk the milky way he'd challenge the milky way to like cards or fucking one-on-one dunk on its ass you know, MJ is a lot like, um, like for a, for a for a contemporary athlete, he's a lot like Baker Mayfield. You know, where it's like the the thing that motivates you the most. Oh is my god, like, is like feeling slighted by somebody. That chip like, on the shoulder bullshit. It's just like they take it so personally. Yeah, where it's like you know, it's to that point where it's like you, like my, Michael's this way for sure. Where it's like you almost have to make up stuff. He does. Motivated. He does. He makes you have up to stuff imagine. too. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like imagine that somebody did something bad to you so that you can like get get worked up about it so that you'll perform better. 
It's like, wouldn't it be so much easier to just be like, you know what? I have confidence in my training regimen and my talent and my skill. And I just want to work hard, focus on me and focus on being a good teammate. Like, wouldn't that work too? Like, why is it that the thing that motivates you is like, hey, (laughs) I, I don't know. I got grass on my shoe. That guy cutting grass over there in the wind. He's out to get me. I'm going to murder him. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I get it, though. I get it. Like, that's what it takes to be the best is you have to be a psychopath. You have to be a literal psychopath. <laughs> you have to be. You just have yeah. to be. You have to be so fucking vicious and hungry. And I'm not saying, like, I mean, that's to be, like, a physical athlete. I mean, I think in, like, business and your job and stuff, it's like... Sometimes I think about this, like, if you just went cocoon mode, you know what I'm saying? Like, cocoon mode? Like, you just, like, imagine you just, like, I don't know, like, you just lived off of, like, fucking the cheat. Like, you just, like, I feel like there's people out there that are just, like, insanely frugal and they hyper-budget their money to the point where they, like, object all all non-necessary needs and if you did that for like two or three years, like you would probably s- like acquire a substantial amount of wealth. If you think about it, like it's like, okay, I'll take public transit or I'll fucking bike or I'll walk to work or whatever. Maybe, you know, let's, let's assume in this hypothetical scenario that's possible. Um, I'll live either with my parents or I'll live with roommates in a very cheap part of the city. I'll fucking eat meagerly. I'll only eat, like, cheap shit, tuna, fucking rice, you know, cheap shit that I can get in bulk. Beans and rice, rice and beans. Beans beans and rice, rice and beans. And just save money and just work my ass off and just save money and work and save money and work. And it's like, I think those people can exist. And I think that's kind of some of the weird shit that The Secret maybe appeals to. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going to ramble a lot in this episode, punk fuckers. I mean, more than normal, but... <laughs> That's fine. We love it. You know what I mean, though? Like, going cocoon mode? You ever think about that? I've done it before. It's weird. I don't. You don't go out. You don't buy alcohol. You don't buy any entertainment that isn't free or necessary to live. You don't buy any furniture. You don't buy clothes. You don't buy... New stuff. You just live like a fucking little hermit for like a year or two. You just save money and then you fucking go live like a baller, you know? You ever think about that? Uh, you ever think yeah, about just I've, throwing it all away, man? <laughs> <laughs> you, Andy, you want to get out of here, dude? Yeah, let's, let's end it. Uh, let's go be no fucking cocoon today. bros. We're going to get out of here. Um, let's go, be, let's no, go get done... to our little pods and we'll metamorphosize. Here's the thing, though. I've done that kind of right, like before in my life, but it was because of a crippling lack of income. (laughs) So it wasn't, you know, it's like I came out of it. No, like if anything, worse off financially than I was before because I had crippling lack of income. So, you know, I think this is like part of the problem with the with the secret too, right? Like, you know, as we kind of alluded to with celebrities, it's like in a way you know this is kind of a this is kind of a privileged sort of thought philosophy right yeah. like it like works for is, like middle class depressed people maybe not even depressed people yeah, like just depressed unhappy people who 
Yeah, like people who aren't aren't legitimately depressed, but just right, 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 have a bad outlook for whatever reason. They have like millennial depression or like millennial ennui, where they just feel uncomfortable about everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you are that way, but you know, and it's you're not your life really is not in a state where you need to feel that way. This probably would be like good for you. Yeah. Um, but you 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 make a good point about you know it's like the secret's kind of promising that you can get everything that you want, but it does ignore the things like the hard work and the natural yeah. talent. And yeah. Like you said, luck as much as anything. Like the fact that Jack Canfield ran into that reporter from the National Enquirer, like. That's just a happenstance. I mean, I get it that you can reverse engineer it and say, well, law of attraction, but it's kind of like, I guess, you know? I mean, Um, he still wrote a book that just caught fire with people in that time. Like, I mean, I've never read Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, I don't understand why it's so beloved, but I know that a lot of it was included in a lot of people's bathrooms. Yeah, isn't it like one of those things where it's just like a bunch of little anecdotes about like feel good stuff to yeah. like help get you feeling right? Yeah. No, positive thought does work though. Positive thought, positive thinking, it is a good thing that people should employ more often. I should employ more often. You should employ more often. It is a good thing. Feeling good is good. Like, Faking it till you're making it, you know, like looking, going to Reddit and then finding the fucking cute animal subreddit will make you feel better. And then you will go feel better and you'll spread that positivity. You know, um, I, I like, I like the, my, my theory is I like the Mr. Rogers approach, which is okay. it's okay to feel sad sometimes. It's Okay. Little by little, you'll feel better again. I think it's okay. It's okay to recognize that you feel sad or that you feel anxious or that things aren't okay and to just be okay with it, to recognize it, to understand that you're there and it's like it's going to pass. And I also think everything in, in, in moderation because doing a little bit too much of that You'll like cripple yourself, you know, if you're like, oh, I can't right now. I'm too sad. You know, it's like, all right, well, you got to eventually overcome things and like, you know, you got to you got to go outside and experience things and and be a part of life. You can't give up. So everything in moderation. Positive thinking included. Because you shower somebody with too much positive thinking, suddenly they start getting the fucking ego on them. Well, and you know. I guess this kind of leads into like a question I have for you is that is, is the secret in a way dangerous? Mm. Um, because it, it does kind of ignore things like, uh, mental health concerns, people with legitimate mental health issues, you know, where it's like, you may not, be able to understand why you feel the way that you feel and you might not be able to do anything to change it yet law of attraction would say that it's your fault uh, <laughs> that you feel that way the even though blaming. you yeah and you know it's things like um 
you know, in the movie, they bring up, you know, how it's like, it kind of seems like an abusive relationship where it's like, well, you just need to think about what you appreciate about the other person instead of always fighting with them all the time. It's like, I don't know that that's good advice. Yeah. If they're like coming home and fucking beating your ass, it's like, um, well, you know, you know, he did remember my birthday. (laughs) It's like, I don't think that's a good justification for staying in that relationship (laughs) or not calling the police. Like, Uh, um, so there's that kind of stuff, you know, and then we kind of touched on this, but like medicine, like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, they, they qualified it. You know, it's like, oh, you should still seek treatment, but it kind of made it seem like, well, treatment's the smaller part of that. Like, you really, it's your attitude that needs the adjusting, not your medication. Yeah, I mean, what are they communicating when they put in a story about a lady who cured her breast cancer and then they show a picture of her x-rayed breast with the (laughs) cancer and then without it? Yeah, I was very confused at that point. Yeah, I'm sure you were confused. I had all kinds of emotions coursing through me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's um, some fucking x-ray. Yeah, but we know what it is. Oh, Jesus, Andy. Uh, what happened? I got kicked out of the hospital again. They caught me masturbating to the x-rays. What can I say? <laughs> They're just one, so fucking sexy. One fine-looking pubis. <laughs> like, um, you just keep getting caught. In these hospitals, get out of here! The fucking doctor's like hitting you with a clipboard, <laughs> pants around your ankles. <laughs> um, I stole that lubricating <laughs> jelly from the sonogram room. It's so cold. Oh, I like it. Um, I yeah. My big thing is the medical stuff because I think, like we said, if you're at the bottom rung of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And someone comes up to you, they're like, hey, I know you live in a war torn country and you're seeing death and violence everywhere, but uh, you ever think about the negativity you're attracting with all that? <laughs> with trying to end this war? You know, it's like, I think, I don't think anybody in those situations is even considering the secret or has the luxury of reading the secret. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rhonda, Rhonda Byrne basically like said that Jews brought the Holocaust on themselves, essentially. Yeah. Like that. Oh boy! I mean, like that's that's the level that she goes. I Woo. mean, that quote, that quote about well, they had to be on a mental state that's the same level as the event or whatever it is. That quote that was in the the research. I mean, I I'm pretty sure that that was in direct response to somebody asking about. Well, what about people who are affected by natural disasters or things like the Holocaust? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's, you know, but I think the big thing with the medicine is is that's big. Is like positive thinking, yes, will to- I believe totally help you if you are terminally ill or very sick or have something very scary disease or something. Yeah. Um totally keeping a positive attitude, fucking working hard, training your ass off to get back out there. On the football field. That's what it's all about, babies playing football. Um, no, but like that's why they send um that's why the like actors who fucking play the superheroes always dress up in costumes or Johnny Depp used to dress up as Jack Sparrow. He would keep the costume like in his car so he could go fucking visit kids in the hospital. Cause that shit helps. It helps them. They start feeling happy and positive. They will it will help your body get better. The placebo effect is fucking weird. Bodies are weird. Mm-hmm. I don't go. I don't understand how they work. 
It is weird that you can just think positive and just fucking like, or just take a sugar pill and your body's like, oh shit, cool, medicine. Like, yeah, let's do all the things we need to do. It's just like, that is weird. I'm not a licensed doctor. Uh, I don't know anything about Okay, well now you tell me that after you give me a fucking uh, prostate exam. Well, I mean, I had a van and it said free prostate exams on the side. I mean, I figure I got a prostate. I can figure this out. And look, you're probably fine. Um, Probably. You made me I, cough look, so I'm, much. Well, yeah, I did. I did the prostate exam and then for no reason, I just held on to your testicles and made you cough. That was unrelated. To the prostate exam. What? I mean, I know I build your insurance for. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot, yeah. Well, you know. $12,000 for a visit? I got to eat. It's free. I'm giving away this service. I got to get paid somehow. Um, Wait, what were we talking about? You said I, you're oh, not I'm a doctor. doctor. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I think that stress which to me stress could be a lot of different things so i think if you're sick being worried about your sickness uh and fixating on being sick uh it does inhibit your your ability to get better just because i think that adds stress and the body performs mm. less well when it's stressed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. typically you know mm-hmm. it's like especially if you're in a weakened state because of a disease or something, you know, your body might not perform optimally even under stressless circumstances. So you add on this stress, even if it's mental, I mean, our bodies are complex. There's a lot of chemicals. So it's, it's, I mean, this is a good, this is a good segue um, because, you know, you kind of experimented with the secret, but first, before we get to that, we're going to talk, I'm going to segue into it by talking a little bit about that. Like when I feel sometimes when I feel like maybe like a little bit of a tingle in my throat or, you know, maybe I got a little bit of a sniffle. What do you do? Do you start wearing like, oh, my God, I caught a cold. Here we go. Great. Now I'm going to be sick. Ugh, I hate being sick. What, you know, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just say, like, you know what? Not even going to put that energy out into the world. Not even going to say the words I'm sick or I'm feeling sick. I'm just going to say, you know what, whatever, it's probably nothing. I'll be fine. I'll be okay. I go, maybe I take a little bit of vitamin C and then I go and I, uh, I get a good night's sleep. I make sure to get a good night's sleep, you know, and then maybe that's what actually cures me is the good night's sleep, honestly. But also the positive thinking thing really does, I think, help a little bit. I really, and that's a very minor case. Obviously a common cold is not a big deal, but, um, you know, I think that I think that that helps. I do. Well, you know, and I I have a take on stuff like that. I I think that there's probably times when you did have a positive outlook and yet you still got a cold, right? So it's like I think that um a lot of times with stuff like the secret uh there's you 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 only think about the times when it worked. And not about all the times when it didn't work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like our brains are are structured in a way that we have a bias toward finding patterns. And so 
it's like if we can identify something or kind of reinforces something that we suspect already, like our brains will make those connections for us, mm-hmm. even to the exclusion of a lot of information that suggests that maybe things aren't the way we are thinking they are. Yeah. If that makes sense. Cause it's like, I, I know there's sometimes where it'll be like, Oh, you think, Oh, every time I do this thing, this thing happens, this other thing happens. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, it's like every time I snap my fingers, a bird flies into my window. Um, like maybe that happened a couple of times, which is weird that it would happen even that much. But every time, you know, like, did it really happen every time you can do this on command? I don't think so. Right. No, you're, you make a good point. You make a good point. Um, I, I mean, I still, yeah, you're probably right. There are times when I probably still, but I think that that positive thinking does help you get a little bit better sometimes i say you know what okay you know what fine i'm sick i got a cold just gonna let's fucking go let's do this sleep for 14 hours pop a nyquil and just fucking pass out for 18 hours straight let's get through this thing <laughs> let's fucking fight yeah. it we're gonna get through it you know uh i watched an abraham hicks productions video uh so this is like esther hicks uh on the road with uh channeling abraham and what is it what is that mean? there what which part uh so excuse my ignorance but is abraham a real thing or is abraham <laughs> well, an entity uh abraham is according to abraham abraham is a collection of consciousnesses so a group of consciousnesses okay so and i guess disembodied many, brains how many people were on the video well, so it's it's Esther channels Abraham. So Esther does some brief meditation. Okay. And then speaks Abraham speaks through Esther. Got it. That's all I needed to know. Yeah. So Abraham, you don't see Abraham ever. That's what I was asking. It's all it's just Esther. Okay. And Jerry's there. Uh and, and in Jerry. this case, Jerry's here. Uh in this case, Esther has a cough drop in her mouth. And, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's very John Edwards-y to me, like where it's like people from the audience ask questions of Abraham. And I don't know why it seems like contacting the dead, but that's what it seems like to me. Um, so they're always doing these things where people ask questions for Abraham. And at one point... Jerry goes, some says something to Esther like, well, which this is kind of a smart alecky thing to say. It's something to the effect of like, hey, well, what happened? Like, why, why did you get, why did Esther get sick? You know, like why, why did she have to take a cough drop? Because every time she, she moves her mouth, we can hear it clicking on the microphone. Like, <laughs> and you know, cause it's like law of attraction. She shouldn't ever get sick. Right. Right. Uh, because she should be not thinking about getting sick. She should be thinking about being healthy. Um, and so Esther, I mean, Abraham, uh, seems a little defensive about Jerry asking that question and then goes into uh, a soliloquy about um, stress on the body and how 
people under external stress can experience some of these symptoms of stress and it's an opportunity to refocus and all this stuff. Uh, and people are actually working hard and sometimes that can lead to some of these, these things like a, like a hoarse voice. It just hmm. seemed germane is really why I'm saying hmm. that now. Oh, it's interesting. Uh, Abraham get a little sassy. Oh, it was sassy. Uh, you know, go on their YouTube and watch it. Andy, you experimented with the secret for about a week. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I've been experimenting with a lot of things this past week. And <laughs> one of those was the secret. Yeah, DMT, cocaine, <laughs> cocaine. weed, methamphetamine, cocaine. cocaine. Yep. It's like my favorite um, Eric Clapton song, cocaine. Because yeah. you know why it's my favorite? Because you can say... Um, you can say literally any lyrics, and as long as you follow them up with cocaine, you you've you've you're singing along. Doesn't matter yeah, what you met, fucking say. You've met the requirements. So you send positive thoughts and you eat all the bots. Cocaine. It's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you can do you whatever you want. Follow the law of attraction, read from the Emerald Tablet. Cocaine. It's like, there you go. You're singing it. You got it. You got Eric Clapton's cocaine. Man, we should have done the research in this style. <laughs> Great song. You experimented with the secret, though. And I think the Bunk Funkers yeah. want to know what happened. Did you? So, did the secret work? So I, I'll give I'll give a little context to this for the Bunk Funkers. Give us, give um, us this mini whole enchilada. So uh, as we were preparing uh, for this, I watched... Well, we both watched the the secret, the movie. It's on Netflix. Um, it's on Netflix. Yeah, you can get it on. There's across multiple channels, but it's on Netflix, which is easy. Um, so we watched we watched the net the uh, the secret, the movie, and um, you know, I just decided like, hey, why don't I pick? Why don't I pick like a small goal, something that I feel like could be achievable in a week's amount of time. Um, and I'll just, I'll try to do every day visualization, uh, and I'll try to be very like serious about it and, you know, visualize actually the thing I want, try to make myself feel the way that I'm going to feel when it happens. Uh, and we'll, we'll put this thing to the test. And so I decided that an easy low bar kind of thing would be, I'd get a check in the mail no specified amount or anything. So no, I had no preconditions on the impact this thing would have in my life, but I felt like that fit in kind of with the secret, you know, that you, you out of the blue, get a check in your mailbox. Um, even if it's like a refund from something that's like 25 cents, like any, you know, a rebate or whatever, like who knows? Right. Um, I was part of a class action lawsuit I didn't know about and I made a dollar like you know whatever it would be so you know what I did is uh look I'll be honest it was difficult to remember that I was doing this um so I wasn't totally <laughs> obsessed so that might be that might factor into the outcome but um you know I would every day I would think about it though you know it was different times during the day but I would think about it I would stop for a few minutes and I would visualize 
opening my mailbox, getting a check, and I would imagine how I felt, you know, at different like check amounts, you know, like, oh, this is less than a dollar. Like, that's kind of cool. Uh, oh, this is like a surprise $5,000. Like, holy moly, baby. Let's go to the casino. <laughs> um, so I did that. I did that over the past week. I, I visualized it. Um, I believed that it would happen. And I chose to feel the way that I would feel when, when it did happen. And uh, so this has been going on for a week and I don't have a check. Uh, nothing came in my mailbox except for junk mail. Wow. Mm, well, I take that back. I think I think we might have had a package delivered, but I didn't oh. pr- profit from that financially. So, oh. but you know what? I, as I thought about it, I kept thinking, you know, well, as it got closer to today, you know, I was like, maybe I just didn't do it right. Or maybe I didn't go hard enough. I feel like that's the thing with the secret is like, even if it doesn't work, there's always this out of being like, well, you didn't believe enough. Yeah. You you didn't, you didn't, you didn't really, you know, give the proper mental attention to it or, or whatever. So, I mean, that's, it's not a very great experiment, uh, in terms of its construction, but I didn't, didn't work out. So, Oh. I'm sorry, everybody. It's kind of a disappointing. It's kind of a letdown. Huh. But how do you think I feel? I've been expecting to check for a week. I mean, a- Andy, you're frequent. You're you're transmitting some bad frequencies to me right now. <laughs> Your frequencies yeah. are spoiled. That's yeah, what I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> I need to be thrown out. Um. Wow, that sucks. Uh, but it kind of doesn't. You know, I'm like, well, I didn't have that money. I didn't, it's not like I needed that money specifically for a purpose. You know, yeah. this was like, I'm just testing it out. I think if you talk to Rhonda Byrne or Jack Canfield or any of these, what's the other one? Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor. Yeah. Uh, they would tell you, yeah, you didn't go hard enough. You got to write yeah, down, sure. you got to write down things you're grateful for. You got to put out more energy into the universe. Hey, I have to say though, during this week as I've been visualizing, you know, and the secret's been on my mind, um, you know, I did at some points be like, you know, I get, we get frustrated about something and then I would stop and think, maybe I should have a positive thought about this instead. Oh. It's, not as, it's not as, it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be, oh. you know? So maybe I got rich in a different way. You Although, you know, this is pretty clear. It's supposed to be money, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> come on. We know it's supposed to really be money. <laughs> Oop. That's the point of the secret. Oop, we got to pause. I knocked my microphone stand down. Oh, oh God. Oh, hey, sorry. Bunkfuckers, we had a quick technical difficulty there. Um, So, Andy... um. We, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you got rewarded with some, some positive thoughts. And if that helps your, I mean, very sad, but maybe Oscar winning (laughs) 
uh, life in some way. What's I mean, hey, you know, is that so bad? No, it's not so bad. You know, Um, it's like I I guess it, you know, it kind of makes me feel like kind of how I felt right after watching the movie. Um, It's like there's some benefit to the things that are put forth in the secret, but I'm not sure that it's going to do everything it promises that it could do, you know? You know, I think there's more, there's more to that story than just visualization. It's like that wonderful movie, pay it forward, starring secret admirer uh, or secret, you know, connoisseur, Kevin Spacey. Uh, (laughs) Mm, Secret connoisseur of what? Yikes. Yikes. Um, no, it is. It's a little bit like pay it forward. You know, you do a little positivity, you spread a little positivity in the world. It goes out, you know, maybe you make someone's day. It's kind of like what what we like sometimes about doing the show is when we get messages from people who say like, hey, I love the show. You guys keep me company or hey, I love the show. You guys make you make my day great. It's like that feels wonderful. You know, that spreads positivity to us. It makes every time we get like a bad review or a bad ranking or something else, it like totally makes everything worth it. I mean, not that, you know, we pay that much attention to that stuff anyway, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're about a three to one ratio on bad to good, (laughs) but those good ones really do make you feel nice. And, um, you know, I think that um, I think that like the idea of paying it forward is you get, you get rewarded maybe not in a financial sense, but you get a reward in like feeling good. Uh, you get a reward in like making someone else feel good. You know, there's, there's, there's less tangible benefits than like making money or something. That's right. Well, uh, Speaking of pay it forward, we got to pay it forward to these bone funkers by giving them our <laughs> verdicts. Yeah. What are we um, judging the secret on? You know, that's a good question. Um, I kind of feel like we have to, do we kind of have to judge the plausibility of like, like the law of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's what it seems like. Cause that's the, really, there's no secret beyond the law of attraction. Yeah. Um, it's like, do we think that the law of attraction works um, as as advertised in The Secret? Okay. Um, so I think to me that entails like that you can, you can get anything that you want just by visualizing it um, and believing that it'll happen and feeling the way that you'll feel when it gets there. You know, gratitude for the things that you have, yada, yada, yada. Everything that goes into the law of attraction, like as advertised in the secret, is it how plausible is that? Okay. I, I, I gotta go case closed. Wow. Um, wow. And if it, if it were, if it were only my, my experiment, I wouldn't say that. You know, I would probably be somewhere like plausible quark or molecule. You know, I would be far at the end uh, just on the basis of my own experiment. But I think the real thing is, is that I can think up scenarios that seem so far fetched that I don't think that there's any amount of visualization that you could do that would make that thing come true. Now, 
I'm sure that people who are believers in the law of attraction will probably tell me that I'm being too negative, that I'm not thinking big enough, whatever they might say. But, you know, I just, I don't feel like there's stuff that, you know, it's like if I, if what if my, what if my thing that I really wanted out of the universe was I wanted for myself to be like 40 feet tall and to be made of gold. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not realistic. In you want to be sense. a fucking statue in North Korea? But, but animated, like I want to oh. be still alive. Okay. 40 feet tall, completely made of gold, like organs and everything, but a fully functioning human being still. Um, And I want... So you uh, want three things. You want to be a fully functioning human being who is also four feet tall and... and Yeah. Yeah. And this is where we get back to that point of wanting things that you don't have now. Uh, Because I'm not a functioning human being. Well, I'm functioning pretty poorly um <laughs> ask my doctor oh geez um i'm not 40 feet tall i'm barely four feet tall and i'm not made of gold i don't even have any gold fillings um so you know i got a long ways to go and i kind of feel like no matter one time you ate a gold wrapper on a uh, chocolate coin though uh, yeah yeah i i was trying to you know bring my wish to fruition but all it did was tear up my intestines <laughs> Decreasing my functionality even more. <laughs> Raymond gets everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So I'm going case closed because I just, wow. because, because of the far-fetched scenarios, I just, you know, it's like maybe there's like the tiniest shred of possibility that something like that could happen. But it's like, I just don't think that no matter how much I visualized it, how much I believed it and was ready to receive it. I can't think that that kind of stuff would happen. So I got to go case close. Wow. Um, very negative vibes coming off of Andy about the secret here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm on the fence on where to go. Like, I mean, I don't know. I suppose in like the general sense, like if you really take into account everything, like, yes, uh, like like it's case closed for me but in the mundane sense or not even maybe the mundane sense just the like i don't know athletes are so tough cuz it's so fucking crazy to become a pro athlete i mean you really you have to be born a physical specimen you literally have to be born with certain physical traits and if not you have to you have to work so fucking hard to to get there and you just have to like eat sleep and breathe this stuff like i think about people like mugsy bogues you know that like five foot three makes it to the nba like i mean that is like the perfect example but um in that sense like maybe the secret does work because it's like basketball is probably all he ever thought about like ever yeah uh, the only thing he ever thought about because it's the only way he could ever make it that far or um, I guess that works in like business and other things as well. Or um, even in our small little world of improv comedy, if improv is all you do day in and day out, you just eat, sleep and breathe it, you're probably going to get ahead just for the fact that you're being exposed to it more often. Um, 
I might not necessarily agree with that approach, but so in that sense, in the mundane sense, I will give the secret a um like a plausible minus minus. Okay. I think it's I think it's yeah, if you like do your vision boards and you fucking think and you think positive thoughts and you I mean I don't know. I might even go less than that possible smidge because it's like I don't know. I, how much of it is the real? How much of it is the visualization? How much of it is like the just obsession and like work you're putting towards this thing? You know, I, I think that's the thing with the secret is just that like it's so malleable. You can sit there and be like, "Well, it was, it was the secret," but it's like, well, also, I mean, I was born like I I grew to be six foot eight and. I have, you know, a really large wingspan and also like uh, my <laughs> I have like stronger knees than most people. And, you know, I, I I'm able to be coached really well. Like I have good athleticism and I went to good uh, athletic programs as a youngster. Yeah. So I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. It's just so malleable. Yeah. You can just, like you said, it's so easy for the celebrities to just look back because they already fucking made it. But when they were coming mm-hmm. up, do you think they were like, well, I'm a big secret guy, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, probably then their their whole thing was like, oh, you got to outwork everybody else. Right. You know? Like, you got to out hustle. Yeah. Like, you got to out hustle everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You got to hustle. I mean, that's that's what it is for like a lot of this stuff. And some people just just have it, you know? And yeah. and other people don't work as hard, you know, and you can chalk it up to negative thinking or whatever you want. But sometimes that's just what it is. That's the dividing line. Well, that was the dividing line on our verdicts on The Secret. <laughs> um, let us know what you think. Have you ever tried The Secret? Has The Secret yeah. worked for you? Um, let us know. Oh, that would be if, yeah, if you, yeah. if you, if anybody's got like, uh, success stories on the secret. I mean, I know there's like you could go on the the secret website and you could read like thousands of these. Success well, if you stories, could find but, it, yeah, it's 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 a secret. I'm shocked um, it's not on the dark web. Yeah, it isn't on any web. Uh, you have to go to the Middle East and uh, it's in a a ruined temple. <laughs> oh my uh, god, that's buried under Jerusalem. Um, <laughs> and you have to. <laughs> get in there and uh find the scrolls Um, fuck the intro to that movie yeah yeah fuck the intro to that movie he's acting like it's like this thing and there's like these bearded dudes like this this dude is like fucking has a piece of paper over the tablet and he's like scratching it with like a a a piece of graphite to make like a copy yeah and then they like roll it up in a tube and then he puts it in the tube and then like the soldiers come and it's like what the fuck like and can we can what we can we can we just say too that Rhonda Byrne read that book, uh, the science of getting rich. She read that book, and then it sent her into an exhaustive two month, <laughs> two months, two months research of all of recorded human history. <laughs> two months. She did it in two, two months. months. Eat your fucking old Oxford University PhD students you, in history. You stupid fucking academics who have been spending <laughs> your entire fucking careers and maybe your entire fucking lives studying one subject. Rhonda Byrne studied every subject holistically 
in all of recorded human history in two months. You fucking idiots. Rhonda Byrne has Get it more together. talent in her fucking pinky toe than you fucking losers and your negative thoughts in all of anthropology. You stupid eggheads. Fucking eggheads. Rhonda Byrne will make you eat your her shit and laugh. Yeah. <laughs> she, and she thinks positive thoughts. Because she has fun. Jack Canfield said it. If it ain't fun, don't do it. Rhonda Byrne lives by that. <laughs> well, use the hashtag. What should we use here, Andy? I, I, there's a lot of things. Secret secrets are no fun. Uh, hashtag um, the secret sauce. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag the secretion. <laughs> no. That's our okay. self-help book. Why'd you give oh, the name away? Right. The- Oh, sorry. Coming soon to a bookstore near you. The secretion. Uh, we spent like, I don't know, maybe an afternoon researching all of human history on Wikipedia. And now we've discovered the secret. The secretion. So many, so many connections throughout all of history. Um, you know what? I kind of like the secret sauce, to be honest with you. All right. Use the hashtag the secret sauce and let us know what you think. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Mr. Bunker Pod, Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Uh, find us on YouTube, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. And hey, if you're if if the secret has been good to you, you have the means and you feel like supporting the show, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod, where you can get an extra episode every month. Now, how's Whoa. that for the secret? You're sitting yeah. there with some positive thoughts thinking, I want an extra episode of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Well, you're not going to get an extra episode of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, but you're going to get an extra episode of Andy and Art Debunked, our Patreon-only show, where things are a lot looser and things are a lot more fun. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of fun. Uh, say more I'd, fun. Like to, <laughs> I'd like to point out that we both believe that if you're listening to this right now that you will go to our Patreon and you will subscribe at the highest possible monetary <laughs> level. And we believe that. So you have to do it because otherwise you'll destroy the fabric of the universe. <laughs> you don't want that on your hands, do you, Bunk Funkers? Mm, I don't think you do. Um, there's a lot of great tiers and there's a lot of fun things, including a Discord <laughs> channel where you can chat only with slightly fewer tears, Only slightly fewer tears than we shed during this show. Yeah, that's right. We cry a lot. We're very sad men. <laughs> You've heard the show Mad Men. We have a follow-up show called Sad Men. And it's just Andy Sad and Man. I sitting in like run-down ugly offices wearing ugly suits, crying a lot. And smoking uh, candy and, cigarettes. And after and after that uh series ends, we're gonna start a sitcom spin-off called Two and a Half Sad Men. <laughs> we both play Charlie Sheen. <laughs> We're both the Charlie Sheen character. The kid is played by a a a a, a Roomba, and John Cryer plays the uh, the maid lady, and John Cryer's character is played by the entire cast of Whose Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> I remember it's- Art and I Art and I both are on camera all always at the same time, delivering the same line in unison. Yeah, uh, but we're Charlie Sheen's character. In fact, all of Charlie the, Sheen's lines are actually the same as two and a half. Man. Right. It doesn't always fit in with the scripts no. uh, or the stories, but it's just strictly plagiarized dialogue from 
those scripts for two and a half men. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it's yeah, it's it's a good script. It's a good show, and I think I think uh, CBS or wherever the fuck two and a half men was on is gonna like it. Um, it's a good script. I'm proud of our work. You know, I think. You know, the secret. I believe in the secret. I believe the secret helped us make that show a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. We owe that show's existence is owed completely to the secret. Uh, Andy, any last words on the secret before we uh, we we are fucking like locked away in a vault of time with the uh, Emerald (laughs) tablet? Uh uh no i guess not i think uh i think we covered it all uh hey stay positive everybody uh if you can uh you know it does it's good for you okay (laughs) how come i'm not giving these seminars i'm eloquent (laughs) that's it thank you good night wow wow my god andy changed my life no I mean yeah okay I'm gonna do my own like big tent revival of oh, uh, yeah. secret sure alright for all for not the potential Mr. Bunker before my risable <laughs> he just showed it he just showed it uh, co-host Andy Hart I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada do you want to know a secret do or do Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on... Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.